We kick off hour number two of the program. Just kind of breaking down Tennessee. 75-57 win over Arkansas. Team looked good, but Sky Ziegler went went down very early in the game. Um, you know, the guys rallied, played well. I mean, he went down the third minute. So, essentially, the team won the game easily without him. I mean... If you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think everybody would agree Arkansas is somewhere on the bubble. So, you're beating a bubble team by almost 20 without Zakai Ziegler. So, that's at least encouraging, at least a, a positive for the team. Obviously, we just all just hurt for Zakai. Um, I, I think that was my least favorite part as a basketball coach was when kids got hurt, especially the, the knee injuries. Mm-hmm. Anything you hurt where you're where you know you can come back that season was bad enough, but at least there was like a new goal. Like if, if I right. sprained my ankle in week three, even if it's bad, and they say <clears throat> they say, Hey, it's gonna be eight to ten weeks, you know, and I'm like, Okay, eight weeks is like all right, near the end of the season and then tournaments or whatever. I can be back all of a sudden it's like, Okay, my goal now is to be you know, something mm-hmm. to work for. Yep. It's really just hard mentally to be like, all right, your goal is to be ready for next season. It's like, great. Okay. Um, Updated bracketology as of yesterday had Arkansas as an eight. Okay. Tennessee a three. Well, I mean, it's a big win. It really is because you you needed just some uh, a momentum stopper. You know, you needed to refresh the perception around Tennessee basketball that this team was on a skid. Because you don't want the committee saying, like, using that as a tiebreaker for, like, a three or four or four or five or or, or whatever, you know, as you're dropping. Well, I don't know how much you listened to your boy Jimmy Dykes last night. He was going on and on and on about how he thinks a two-seed should still be in play. Hmm. Well, we're – what is it? We're full – no. Fourth in the net? Yeah. Or is it fifth in the net and fourth in Kimpom? Yeah, I think Kimpom. Yeah, the net likes the fourth. SEC a lot more than – like the pundits do, so see how who kind of wins that battle with the committee. But Tennessee looked pretty good in the committee rankings, you know, when they came out two weeks ago. We're so. tw- no, are we twelve? Eleventh, eleventh. Okay. Um, I don't think a two seed's out of play. I think you need some help. Well, and does Zakai going down actually hurt you, even if you win games down the stretch? Do they look? At uh, it like, look, well, it's funny. After the game last night, Lenardi went on. Sports Center, mm-hmm. or the college basketball recap show, whatever it was that was on, and he said, if they start losing by double digits, you know, if they if they go to Auburn and get beat real bad, and then they lose, you know, first or second round of the SEC tournament, but don't look good, it could. However, if you continue to win without them, the committee probably won't ding you. I doubt they even notice things like that, really, unless unless there's some big. That's what I mean. Like unless you get much worse or. Right, yeah. Or like Adam said, like for Arkansas, getting Nick Smith back, if they started winning every game by 15 mm-hmm. or 20. It's like, oh, wait a minute. they beat Alabama by 10 and beat us by 20 last night. It's like, this night, is a new team. Hang on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you kind of reset the lens as how you kind of judge Arkansas. But it's, yeah, at this point, it's still going to be about what we do. And I mean, you said it last night. It's 
I realize their record's not very good, but a lot of people were still really high on Arkansas as they were getting healthy, mm-hmm. and they were never really in the game. No, no. Uh, you're fourth in the Kim Palm. I mean, so the, the the computer metrics. Okay. When and 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 that's measuring your body of work, right? That's what we kind of laugh when it's like, oh yeah, Kim Palm still thinks we're going to beat this team by whatever when we were struggling. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the season, the committee is supposed to look at the whole body of work. I don't even think they count the last ten anymore. But at least so, what are we in Kim Palm? Fourth. And what are we in RPI? Fifth? I don't know. I don't even think it, it doesn't even matter anymore. We're third it? in the net. Okay. Give so, us the one seed, man. So, I mean, you might have a situation where the committee's – it depends on how these other teams do, too. Teams have been failing all year at, at remaining good, so that could help mm-hmm. us. Um, another SEC action last night, Texas A&M beat Ole Miss 69-61. Uh, that was – doesn't seem like a big game, but it's a road game for A&M who needs – to make sure they give no reasons for the committee to leave them out, and so taking care of business on the road there was important. Uh, Florida beat. Seems Georgia. like they're are they safely in now? In your mind, I well, I think they yeah probably because one more win for sure, and here's why: it seems dumb, but they're now twenty two and eight. Mm-hmm. There's no way they leave a team out with that that's twenty three and nine, mm. right? Now, if they're twenty-two and ten, maybe they could get shafted. You know, like lose the last game, lose the first game of the SEC tournament. Yeah, that's obviously the worst that can happen. Twenty, but even twenty-two and ten, like, wait, you're leaving out a twenty-two and ten, fourteen and four SEC team. I'd, I, they're probably safely in, but definitely if they win one more, because if you win one more, you're ending the season at twenty-three and nine or twenty-four and nine. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's no that just sounds way too good to be left out. Yeah, I mean, especially. I think South Carolina got left out the year before they went to the Final Four, uh, at yeah. like twenty-two and ten, mm-hmm. and they were kind of like A and M. They had a super charm and soft non-conference. Yep, they beat no one in it. You know, well, A and M's non-conference wasn't that bad. That's where they lost all their games. They've hit league play and been unbelievable. Well, yeah, and South Carolina was more like like ten and eight or, or mm-hmm. nine and nine in SEC play. They weren't fourteen and three. I mean, right. that's insane. So A and M's also currently an eight as of yesterday. So they wouldn't have dropped yesterday with the loss. Uh, Arkansas may have probably not a big hit though. Maybe down to A and M's got to be kicking themselves so because I mean they dropped one this weekend that they probably should have won. Who would, who'd they lose to again? Mississippi State. Mm. But that's not nearly as bad as if they lost against Ole Miss. It's not. But now I mean, Mississippi State currently an eleven in the playing game against Boise State. Okay. A and M should be playing for the SEC on Saturday, but that's kind of just null and void now mm-hmm. unless Alabama drops the game to Auburn tonight I mean, it's possible right it, I mean, yeah with everything that's going on feels like Alabama's been kind of teetering the last couple of games ever since us really yeah so I, don't, I, I don't know if we figured them out but yeah. obviously there's a lot going on there but they've they've been very very close to losing what their last three in a row well yeah. they blew somebody out after us I think they beat like Georgia or somebody oh, okay yeah but yeah that, yeah, that, no, close. that South Carolina team was twenty five and nine overall. There's no way they shouldn't have. eleven and seven in the SEC. I mean, they, they should have gotten in. Absolutely. And I, and I think the the the, the fact that the, that next the next year they made the Final Four, um, you know, kind of proved it. But their resume was just absolute garbage. So, uh, as it stands yesterday, They're according to Joe Lenardi, the SEC with the second most teams of any conference into the NCAA tournament wow. with eight, more than the okay. Big 12. <clears throat> That's more than the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, Percentage-wise, it's not. 
Okay, Hickman. Because that matters. Kinda. No. Hickman. There's ten. So, how many? How many from the Big Twelve are getting in? Seven, but that's that. It still means there's better SEC teams than there are in the Big Twelve. So seventy percent of the Big Twelves get. It's in. not. A, it doesn't matter percentage based. It's like saying if the SEC had one team and they made it, oh, a hundred percent of the SEC made it, they're the best. No. Just saying, maybe the Big Twelve's a little overrated, just a little bit, just <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Well, just saying. I, I'd be willing to bet you twenty dollars the national champion's going to be from the Big Twelve. I'll take that bet. We'll, we'll do a Makino bet. Okay. Baby. It's the best conference in the country. Big Ten getting nine teams in. Mm. Northwestern being one of them. What is your What is your obsession with Northwestern? I don't know. You said they suck that one day, and I was like, well, they don't suck. So now I just try and point out how good they're doing this year every chance I get. They were not good early in the season. Uh, when you said they suck, though, they were, in fact, very good at that time. I don't think they were. I think they are in the top 25. They're ranked 21st. Right now? Yeah. I think they were then, too. <laughs> Maybe they were in others receiving votes. No, oh, no, they uh, dropped out. Lady Vols have... Oh, uh, they're not ranked? Interesting. They La- were last week, dummy. Lady Vols are on one of the headlines on ESPN. Like, the whole site. Lady Vols inch closer to hosting as top 16 takes shape. Oh, we could host this year? Apparently. Well, we're inching closer to hosting. Women's bracketology. Yeah, the women's game. It's if I mean that's a they go to the fan bases in the first round, smart. our first two rounds. Yeah, smart. Get people in the building. No offense. What are you laughing at? Nothing. It's a smart move by the NCAA. It is. Yeah, they got Tennessee. Well, they got Tennessee as a five seed right now, going to North Carolina, who'd be the four. So Tennessee needs to make one more move up to host what's the history on the 512 matchup on the women's side is it as notorious as the men's no, matchup no so. not at all because no, the pool's just uh, weaker it's just it's more top heavy in the women's although there's been a lot more upsets the last five or six years than there were 10 20 years ago used to be the top seeds never really lost a they're at home mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and b the the lower the the aq teams just just aren't there's not as much parity. So. <laughs> Auburn Auburn might be the perfect test to just I mean, at this point, I mean we're in, right? The seed Yeah, we are we're in. The seed matters, mm. but more it's more about the draw, I think, than the seed with where we are. I mean, you're not gonna be a one. No. You know, two, three, four. Or, I mean, two and three are. There is a big difference between three and four because then you're playing the two instead of the one. Mm-hmm. But if you can hold the three, I mean, I kind of welcome these challenges so that the team can f- kind of figure out the new makeup. And and maybe it's a step back without Zakai to hopefully take two steps forward. And, and maybe you would have taken those steps forward anyway mm-hmm. in this last portion of the season with him. But now you got to take those steps without him. It, what. Th- 
I guess what it, it could be a really good thing, right? Because mm-hmm. we, what have we talked about for a long time? Why does this team seem to start off every year under Rick Barnes playing really well, and then as the season goes on, we get figured out? We we kind of have to hit. I don't want to say the reset button. Yeah, but we have to completely reevaluate offensive and defensive strategy heading into the tournament. Like everything we've done to this point with Sakai, I'm not saying you throw it all out, but we we're going to be giving teams completely different looks. I mean, we saw the jumbo lineup last night. There's there's a lot there's a lot of things we can do that people won't be as prepared for now. So it's an opportunity, and you know it stinks that you're forced to probably have to do that. Obviously, again, we don't know the extent of the injury. We'll learn today, but it may be a small blessing in disguise if you can find a few things that that work and that are different and the teams haven't seen before or that um you know they haven't been able to prepare for i mean there's a chance here now i don't think necessarily i think i I think it's do it consistently we got to the paint all night last well, night. I'm just, well, yeah, but I'm that's just like a, that was a top ten defensive team. Like, yeah, we can still. I mean, I realize it's not going to be Zakai, but Zakai can get to the lane, but he doesn't really finish in the paint. We've got guys now who can finish and get to the free throw line. It I mean, it's going to be it it's going to be different. It might force that to be a point of emphasis. You know, like it looked like it was last night. We shot twenty five free throws. We've had games recently where we've shot five. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I mean by like that was going to be the point of emphasis anyway. Whether mm-hmm. he was See, still I, there, or I not. just wonder because I don't know. If, because we only saw three minutes of Zakai. Yeah. So the way we played the rest of the game, did we change something once Zakai went out? Yeah. Like the way we ran our offense? Because we've always talked about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't did think we, so. You think we think were so. going to come out tack-minded, running on yeah. screens like that? Yeah, I think that was going to be the, the plan anyway. It was, it, And I, I, I think it's been a big point of emphasis, even, even if Zakai had played the whole game. To attack the basket, let's get to the free throw line more. I mean, everybody knows that's the problem. We hadn't been getting to the line, right. you know. We've been so I think the free. changes you're talking about have been made for the game. Yeah. And when Zakai went out, and people were like, "Oh, this looks a little different," but I think they would have. I think they were still pushing those things anyway, going into the game. Yeah, I don't know. I just saw a completely different team and mindset offensively. Well, some well sometimes that when a guy goes down like that, you just get that emotional mm-hmm. edge. Boost. It was already emotional night being senior night. That too, know, yeah, it's know, a great point. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come back with more hour two. Stick with us right here on Three and Out. Welcome back into the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios Fan Run Radio. Pick up some White Claw Hard Seltzer. Drink pure. It's Auburn up next Saturday in the jungle. They're reeling. It's another chance for us to really, you know, put our foot on the throat. I was gonna. I was about to say, just stomp on their throat. Uh, we'll probably. We'll Probably give them a big boost, right? I mean, we've just been giving out dubs all season. Rick Barnes, such a good giving, loving guy. Didn't give one to Alabama. They needed the help. That's true. Probably got Texas A&M solely in the tournament. Auburn, Alabama tonight, 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. That'll be a fun one to watch. Tuscaloosa? Yeah. Ooh. Ah, Hickman, you were right. If that game had been in Auburn tonight, it would have been must-watch television. 
Uh, I mean, glued to the screen. Those that would have been the most ruthless atmosphere oh, of all time. Uh, Alabama will go to Texas A and M to finish the year. Isn't that crazy so, how that worked out? That that'll I be mean, a hostile one too, though. Yeah, A&M. I mean A and M, like yeah, but it'll be just loud. Like A and M fans are, they're just weird. They'll just do I mean, their little. They'll cheers. be organized. Yeah, but, they're organized, highly organized. But I don't know if they'll organize some ruthless stuff. You know. Yeah, they're like A and M's like nice Penn State. Okay. Like it's a cult, but like everyone who went to that A and M game a few years ago mm-hmm. said how nice they were. They, yeah, like they're really loud. They're they're great supporters of the program, but they were just all like super super nice, like weirdly nice. Mm-hmm. Like you don't expect that going on the road in the SEC. Does they yeah. do the same thing? Do they do the rallying? I don't know. Basketball? I don't think they do it for basketball. Those football rallies, though, <laughs> it's just like, is that? I mean, I guess every school has something like that where, like, if you're a fan, you think it's just so cool. Mm-hmm. But if you're another fan and you watch it, you're like, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. True. A and M has to be the biggest of those, right? Like when they come out in their little overalls yeah. and they're doing their little... They have more of those things. Where you're just like, these people what are, are really enjoying... And then you look at the crowd and it's all different types of people. And they're all just... They're so involved in this... Mm-hmm. Like the stand-up comedy thing that they do at the, the yell practice or whatever. Yeah. You know what Tennessee is? Not a 10 I see. Oh! oh. Hey! Yeah. Giga yeah, it's it's weird, and everyone's just. It's like, are we supposed to be offended by this? Because I'm actually just embarrassed for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're weird people. Good people, just weird. That's why I think Buzz Williams is such a good fit there as a coach. Jimbo, not so much. Odd, little odd guy, you know. I don't, I don't think he's odd. I think he's just really, really nice. Super smart. Ah, yeah. Weird people kind of scare me, though. Sure. It's like there's definitely a horror movie where your car breaks down in College Station, and next thing you know, <laughs> like you're being tied to some wooden post somewhere, and I don't know. It's, they, a, it's Fansville episode seven, I think. Mm. Is there what's the, what's the gap right now in the standings? Is it two games? One, yeah, two games, I guess. Yeah. So if uh, Alabama, so has it's, to it's lose one. Tonight. Okay, yeah, so it's one now because yeah. A&M played one. Yeah, but they okay. clinched a share the other day when A&M lost. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we were debating if a quick whistle hurts us or, like, what style of refereeing do you want for this Tennessee basketball team? Consistent. Uh, I'd agree with that. There's nothing worse when watching a basketball game when one half is called a certain way and then the second half is called completely different. Mm -hmm. I think it depends on how we play offensively. Because last night was a quick whistle on both sides. But we were attacking, so it benefited us to attack and get to the free throw line. Um, you know, six games ago when we weren't getting to the free throw line, if it was a quick whistle, you're, we're toast. Because we were playing too much kind of finesse ball. And then you had teams shooting 20 more free throws than we were. I think the Alabama game showed we kind of want to be able to play a little bit. I think that's when we're at our best. And it gives us more room on defense to really be aggressive and play. Yeah, that's our game. what I mean. Like if if we can get away, I say get away with it. I mean, 
I guess every ref has a different interpretation. And it could be a nightly thing. Oh, I let them play last game. I'm going to call it a little tighter tonight. But if we can be the correct level of physical that we think is allowed in the college game, I think that benefits us. I mean, there were some really, really bad calls last night. That that touch foul on Mayshack when he just comes in and pokes the ball out, that was all ball, not a foul. Uh, the Vescovy one... I'm not saying he didn't get him across the head, but I don't I think I don't think that's what they called. I think they called it on the hand, and then obviously Dykes and Ravage had to come back and say, "Oh yeah, we blew that one. That definitely got him on the head." I mean, that ref was not in position to see that contact, and it was just a super super quick whistle. Uh, there were some other ones here and there that I'm just kind of baffled that you would want to blow. It's like they were blowing the whistle expecting a certain amount of contact. And then other times they wouldn't expect the contact and then it would happen and they wouldn't call it. it last night felt kind of inconsistent and quick, but I mean, if, if we're attacking on offense, it's not that big of a deal. I am worried about us getting into foul trouble with quick whistles. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's without Zakai now. Yeah. I mean, that's one less guard, unless, you know, PJ Edwards. Did you see? Blows up. I don't know if you guys heard this at the end of the first half. Did you guys hear how many deflections we had in the first half? 20. 24. 24. I wonder, and it's obviously just depends on the game, but I almost wonder if they call if they call it tight, if that helps us. Because we don't really have like one star player that if he's out, our team changes. Mm. Who whichever one of our let's say both teams get even foul calls. Their their guy that gets two in the first half and goes out is more valuable if it's one of their star guys, and usually those are, you know, than any of our guys. Like mm. one of our guys gets a second. Okay. Like our remaining guys are better collectively than your remaining guys if it's your star player. Yeah. So that seemed to be what happened last night. Um, if and and it's all I mean, it's not rocket science. It's always like that. Depends on who's in foul trouble, right? I mean, um, you need your better players to almost take less chances on defense, and your guys that are a little more role players can be more physical. And as you said, you know, try and get away with it if they're going to just let them play. But we have a lot of bigs that can just be overly physical and see how it's going to go. And if Plosic gets two in the first half and goes to the bench, it's not a big deal because he, you know, we've got other guys that are the same level or better. Mm-hmm. It, like, mm-hmm. We can we can manage the rotation pretty well with those types of. I dudes. definitely I think that with the bigs now with Zakai out though, worried about guards Maybe, picking up well, fouls. Yeah, I think I think the wings will be okay. But yeah, if, if Vescovy. Maybe he's the one that can't get in foul trouble, mm-hmm. you know, because we've said they've got to play through him anyway. He's the best offense, mm-hmm. so it's the question now will be: he and Zakai are going to have to try and work through that late in the season and try and make sure that in a late game possession that you know Zakai might start the offense, but he finds Vescovi in a good spot, and then he can be the one that makes the decision on whether he shoots it or gives it up to somebody who gets a great look. Now. Um, it's more Vescovy just going to be playing off of his own his own guys. Do we like that? It's not the worst thing in the world. No, I mean there's, I'm, but I know, but it does feel like he's no, it, he's going to be he has a better chance of dropping twenty if he's off the ball, running off screens and all that. Not when he's he's pretty good at creating though. I don't disagree. He's I'm saying gonna, him dropping twenty, but he yeah. can create for other people. I think Mayshack's got to step up a little offensively and be ready to go. Mm-hmm. He's, he's athletic enough to get to the basket. We've seen that. 
He'll uh, probably be playing the second most minutes now. I'm hoping that, you know, just the fact that he's he, – I mean, he shot six free throws last night. It's four of six. I'm hoping just getting more free throws in games will lead him to shooting a better percentage, you know, getting more comfortable going to the line six, eight, ten times in a game maybe. Um, and then and then Tyreek Key's got to wake up and be ready to, ready to pull the trigger and knock down threes when – when they try and double Vescovy like they did at the end of the first half, or um, you know, when, when they do try and do some weird things, you got you got to burn teams for doing that. So we'll just we'll, we'll follow up on that front and see how how the offense looks. What are you counting over there? If we finish eleven and seven with Missouri, Missouri goes as the four, right? Yeah, because we played them once, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have us losing and them winning. Mm -hmm. They have LSU tonight at LSU. Okay, let's count that as a win. And Ole Miss. At home. Okay. So we really do need. We really do need to. I mean, to guarantee the four. I mean, I, 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 like you said, I'm assuming Missouri wins tonight. Well, but if you drop to the five, you're playing a team you should beat. It won't be the worst thing in the world because you you'll have another game to kind of use as prep, Mm -hmm. and then you're going to play the same route after that. Yeah, four does so. Game. It's just an extra game. Yeah. But, you know, with one less guard, obviously that you know, is a whole thing. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. All right. We'll come back. Final segment, hour two. Stick with us right here on Three and Out. Final segment, hour number two. If you want to weigh in, we'll still take phone calls, 865-546-8200. The Big Orange Philly phone lines. We'll go back to it. we got Matthew up next. What's up, Matthew? You're on three and out. Hey, guys. How we doing? Happy uh, Victory Wednesday. Feeling pretty good about that basketball team last night, Matthew. You know what's funny, Houston? Um, before I dive into that, have you all ever, like, obviously, I guess everybody's done this before, but have y'all ever lived in an apartment complex before? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm on the third floor. I'm on the highest part, and we got some new neighbors below us. And I'm coming back from a jog yesterday, and they go, "Hey, are you?" Uh, they, they like wave me down because they're out on their balcony, and so I take my Air- AirPods out, and they're like, "Hey, like, are you that Tennessee kid that we uh, that lives above us?" I'm like, "Oh yeah." And the the husband goes, you are a high energy guy. That's his exact. <laughs> point. He's like, I can hear you some days, and I just feel like I'm getting motivated. And I'm ready to go play for you. And I'm like, thank you. I'm uh, from from Murfreesboro. I live here in Dallas, but uh, big ball fan. He's like, I, yeah, we get it. <laughs> I was like, I like you're kind of calling you out like, there, Matthew. Buddy. Are you a are you a screamer at the TV during the game? Uh, unfortunately, I, I've definitely gotten. Uh, I've probably had to, to go to my pastor on Sundays and probably say some things. The old coach on the couch. Yep, been there. Yep. Like when Josiah had that opportunity, I literally got off the couch and I'm like, just dunk it. Yeah, that's what I was screaming to. Yeah, but no, I mean, great game last night. I mean, it's awful, awful, awful for what happened to Sakai. I mean, not to speculate, but I think everybody knows that's probably he's likely done, which that's a huge blow to us, which 
as somebody said in the chat, though, it was kind of unique that the offense didn't skip a beat, if not got better once he came out. Like, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, but I think that was going to be a point of emphasis going into the game anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. – the offense probably was going to look better last night even if he still plays the rest of the game, in my opinion. I, I feel like there was a clear – and that's refreshing, right? Because that's what we complain about sometimes with Barnes. It's like the guys don't have that clear offensive identity. And I think the point of emphasis last night was we have got to get to the basket more, get more free throws up, like be more attack-minded. And maybe when Zakai went out, it gave everybody kind of a little extra onus. Like, okay, I got to pick it up. I got to make sure I'm doing my part and being aggressive. Which I I think if we can continue that, that's a really good thing because we've said that a lot this year too where everyone kind of stands around waiting on someone else to make a play. Mm -hmm. Whereas if everyone would take a little bit more ownership, not play as fearful on offense, I think you have more results like you did last night. Well, I think also what happened last night is you finally saw Olivier and and Toby was doing a great job of it, but they were just they. I would love to know how what the rebound count was because we just out we just outmanned them similar to what we did against Alabama. They just they looked it looked a completely different uh, level of physicality on at the at the three and four position all the way down to the five. I mean, truly, I don't know how Auburn stacks up with how that will look down there because I know we that Auburn game will be interesting. The last game of the year, are they, how much are they fighting for? I mean, obviously, like, where are they? Are they like on the bubble? Are they in? Like, where where are they sitting at? Uh, they are in. This is yesterday's updated bracketology from Joey Lenardi. Uh, they are in as an eleven and falling. So they would. I don't know how much tonight would hurt them if they lose to Bama, but if they were to win tonight, I'd say they're probably safely in. I don't know. I think I, I don't really like the idea that Adam had respectfully, like about packing it in early. If we like were to lose this one, just go ahead and lose one in the SEC tournament. Because I mean, granted, yes, there's nothing truly to play for. I think we can all agree we're firmly on that three, three, three line. We don't think. I mean, it'd be almost nearly impossible to move up to the two, right? I don't think it's impossible. I think you need some help. But it, let's say you did. Uh, I mean, I guess it would probably depend on who you play. But if you beat Auburn, uh, assuming you lock up the four, should win your first game in the SEC tournament. And then if you can win the second game, because it seems like as of last year, Sundays don't matter, mm-hmm. I think there's a chance for a two. I do think you need some help. Not only losses, but you probably need a couple teams to lose to teams that uh, they shouldn't. But we were looking at it earlier where – what I say, Nate? We're fourth in the net, fifth in Kim Palm, or invert that? Yeah. I mean, it's like the metrics actually give Tennessee a lot more credit than the polls do. Yeah. So it, I guess, and every year it feels like the NCAA's criteria is a little bit different as far as what they reward. But if you look at the metrics, and then you say, okay, and now who has the biggest wins in college basketball this year? I mean, I, I think you're right there. Yeah, it's like that year. It's Pearl's first year when we got the two, and nobody expected it. This could be mm-hmm. a team that gets a two, and a lot of people are frustrated. But when you look at the body of work, like we kind of earned it. Well, I still think it's going to be interesting come come Nashville time because, like, honestly, I think I really think personally any anybody in the SEC this year could win could win in the tournament. I I think obviously that the, the, there will be three favorites. It'll be us. Um, Alabama and probably A and M, but I mean, A and M's not. I mean, 
I don't know. I just maybe I'm drinking too much of the Kool Aid, but I feel like A and M when with how they if they had lost to us and then lost to Ole Miss, I I just don't. I think they're peaking and not in a good way. I just don't like them as much as some people would. I don't know that. I mean, I know some people are big on buzz, but I just think at the end of the day, I could see this team repeating, or I could also see this team getting all the way and losing in the championship. I think we're. I, I firmly believe when you play that style of play where you're more physical than most teams, you're going to mm-hmm. win a lot of ball games, regardless of how the offense plays. I mean, regardless. I mean, yeah, we put up 75 points, but, like, we held them to, what, 57? I mean, yeah. that's, that's, huge. that's huge in college basketball. So the last thing I'll say is something that we've been talking about all year, but it's when Zakai went down, it was really kind of surprising to me that with Key also being down, that BJ didn't log a single minute. And I'll just let you, I'll let Nate kind of dive into that because I would have thought he would have at least gotten some, maybe five minutes here or five minutes there. But to get zero minutes, that's that raised my eyebrow. And I'll just let y'all talk about that as always. Go balls! Thanks, thanks, time. Matthew. I'm shocked he didn't play two minutes, three. He played how many? He played ten against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. High water mark of the season. Well, you didn't have Phillips that game. You didn't have Joe that game. You didn't have Key. Okay. So, I think going into this game, they didn't know about Key, and they knew they'd have Joe and Phillips back. My guess is he just wasn't in the game plan this week. But then, so it's almost like, do you stick him out there for four or five minutes if he doesn't know what he's doing, and you know he's going to make mistakes? I mean, aren't you just kind of running vanilla stuff when you're up 22 with five minutes to go anyway, though? No, like, I agree. It's not like I agree. you're working on some super secret crap he doesn't know how to run, right? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that would have been a great follow-up question to Rick Barnes. I don't even think he would have minded it. Well, if, if B.J. were just could be part if, of the plan maybe before, if, you had, did, if you're going to have to count on him, why, why did he did, play tonight? Right. No, I think that's a fair question. Is he nursing a, a you know a small injury or something? Like mm. what? I mean, he played 10 the other night. He played 10 in essentially the same situation the previous game. and mm. so I while, mean, he had a bigger lead, but yeah. But, I mean, a, a, an insurmountable But he did lead. get in the first half, did he not? Yeah, I mean, he mm-hmm. came into the game we lost at A&M in the first half when Zakai got his second foul. Right. So in that exact same situation, a big game, actually a game you lost, mm-hmm. Zakai got his second foul went out of the game. Now, obviously, that's temporary, not permanent. But it was the exact same situation. I guess, like you said, we were we were missing Josiah. Like, there were other dudes that we could use those minutes on. I, but those guys are coming back off injury. Wouldn't you want to protect them when you're up 22 with five to go? Yes. When you want them to play less, I mean, you don't need to, like give them more run. Well, that we got to make sure that they're not rusty. Like, I don't think that's a thing. There's still enough games to work through that that stuff. I, it's, I was I was surprised. I wouldn't say shocked. I was surprised that he didn't play at all. In that yeah, situation. nothing really shocks me anymore. <laughs> yeah, Just. Point. But the saga of BJ Edwards is is fascinating. I mean, if Barnes didn't mention him at all last night. It would have been less surprising because it's like okay, they just they, they've just decided he just, he's yeah, not he, part yeah. of it. But to then come out after the game and say he he might don't count him out, he could be a big way we you know plug the gap too. Mm-hmm. It's like all right, if you say so. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're Rick Barnes. Is BJ more of a focus now in practice? He has to be, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there's. I think, I mean, I don't know what you kind of create as his role, but you're going to have to have somebody to spell Vescovy for 
a minute, two minutes at a time. Well, yeah, I'm thinking like you know eight to ten total in the game. Like, can you put together some stuff that he feels comfortable doing? Yeah, can he come in for, for three two, minutes in the first half? Right, three minutes in the second half at least. Scout team's going to take a hit. Which then in return would mean that our starters aren't getting as good of a run in practice because BJ's not on the scout team anymore. Even though he's been killing them on the scout team. That's what they say. Why do we always have Just a Just keep like him that? on the scout Every team stink- but put more effort into it, you know? Give him a little bit more coaching. Be a little well, bit that's more the thing, though. If he's know? running scout, he's not running our offense. That's part of the problem. He's not running our offense. He's running mm-hmm. Arkansas's offense. He's going to be running Auburn's offense. I mean, it's nice to have a player of his caliber. He as can far run as our offense against on scout team. Just well, yeah, but then you're not you're just yeah, not scout. Yeah, you're know. just practicing. <sighs> I mean, how much do they double edged sword, man? It's also, it's weird. Like, how much are they running scout in? <laughs> right, I don't know. Like, t- and, and, and not to pull back the curtain here, but a lot of Coach Summit scouts were day of. Like shoot around, like the practice before the game, and then the shoot around that morning where you're walking. It's not, it's not going full speed and watching everything happen. It's we're going to walk you through their offense. Here's okay. how we want you to defend it. Are, is are we running? Let, let me play. Are we little... running full court scrimmages? We're like, all right, this team, you're going to run Arkansas no, stuff. But but he but he's running the the scout team point guard even when we're scrimmaging and it's non scout specific. I bet. Sure. That was you guys when you were setting up. Oh, I'm aware. Like your practice team. They don't need that because they have guys. So mm-hmm. it's all guys. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it'd be great if they could bring in a you know a G League NBA team to practice against, yep. which is essentially what Pat Summit was doing from, in terms of levels. You know, bringing in the next like a different level of opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think when he's running scout team, that's just the way they're full scrimmaging. When when the Lady Vols scrimmage though without the practice players, mm-hmm. did she mix the starters in? Or was it always first team versus second team? No, it was always mixed. Okay. See, I wonder if the men don't do that. Could be. And we're so even, it might not even matter with this team. Yeah, good point. Like the second team group, other than, I mean, I don't know, though. If, if Zakai and Ziegler, if Zakai and Ziegler, if Zakai Ziegler and Santiago Vesca are on the same team against the other group, that that could be a big difference. But And Auburn's. We did it both ways. Guys are point guard, I mean, when right? I, when I, Wendell Green? Yeah. When I coached, uh, yeah, and, and we shut him down the last time, so who's guarding him and how's that work? I mean, I feel like Meshack's got to be the guy that steps up on defense to help out with those. You know, he can play a lot more in Zakai's absence. And then on offense, it, it it really doesn't matter. I mean, it just needs to be get the best yeah. look. I think Vescovy's probably going to shoot more and have to create more or, or maybe have more assists and create more, maybe not necessarily shoot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but get those other guys good spots where they can make their shots. But I mean, we did we did both. We would, if we were just kind of generally scrimmaging, sometimes we would mix it up. So like one team have the starting point guard, the next team has the starting two guard, next that you know, and and however we wanted to pair them up, and we wanted the post players a lot of times to play because we you know you run a lot of high low stuff. You wanted to make sure they were comfortable playing with everybody in the rotation. You didn't. You didn't want to have like one pair that always played with one pair, and one one four and five always played with the other. Mm-hmm. And then there were times. The later we got in the season, the more we'd run all the ones together. You know, and then sub in like the sixth person, the seventh person, because we know late in games, like they've got to know exactly how we're running these these set plays. Right. So more when we practice more of the motion and the free flow stuff, we'd mix the teams up a lot more. Yeah. But when it's quick hitters and how like we got to have a basket, 
we'd want the ones and then their backups that play the most in running those over and over and over. So it is a problem when you have an injury and all of a sudden your eighth or ninth person has to be in the game and you're calling an inbounds play that you don't run very often because you're trying to kind of save it. But that's just that's part of managing the roster and having mm-hmm. people ready to go. Then I don't know why BJ's not playing more. I don't either. I'm <laughs> still surprised. <laughs> 